Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where things are far from normal for everyone. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and during this time of coronavirus uncertainty, sheltering at home, and social isolation, I'm bringing you a special series of helpful insight and practices from experienced body-focused practitioners in order to keep you healthy, protected, and calm beyond hand sanitizer and enough toilet paper. My guest today is breath and breathing expert Robert Littman, and we're going to talk about how to use your own breathing as your first line of support for your health in the time of coronavirus. Robert Littman is the founder of The Breathable Body in Washington State. He's a certified breathing behavior analyst and an instructor in the Buteco breathing technique and a teacher of continuum. So welcome, Robert Littman. Thank you, Sharon. Nice to be with you. I'm so glad to have you back on the show. Every time we talk, you have very important information to share. The last time it was in relation to how to protect your breathing during the wildfires on the West Coast, and now it's during the time of coronavirus. Yeah, that's right. It was the last time we talked, and that was a very significant time with all those wildfires. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, extremely important to understand that we that we have ways to protect ourselves just through our breath. Yeah, breathing is a, uh, breathing, you know, seems automatic and it is, but over the years, we, certain, we develop certain behaviors with our breathing based on our life ex, um, circumstances, whether they are joyful or traumatic. Um, we have certain uh, breathing behaviors um, that can either serve or not serve us. And so one of the most important ones and messages we can constantly get through is that the nose is meant for breathing um, and the mouth is meant for eating. The nose is the guardian of the lungs and and has many, many physiological functions that, you know, condition the air before it gets to our lungs. And so right now, it's very important for us to make sure that we ameliorate any extra symptoms that may come in from air pollution from smoke or for anything else that may be in the air, and also give our body a chance to face this virus before it even gets into our lungs. And there's information out there, that studies that have been done, that when you breathe through your nose and you produce, uh, excuse me, Sharon, I have a sitting stuck in my throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not stuck in your nose, though. Yeah. No, but that we produce nitric oxide, which is a gas that's produced by nasal breathing. And there have been uh, studies done over the years, and they're published in PubMed, how the nitric oxide has antiviral um, effects, can kill viruses. Now, we don't know. Now, it's too early to know whether that's true for the coronavirus, but for for past viruses, it is shown to be effective. If you breathe through your mouth, you don't get that... um, benefit benefit of the nitric oxide production. So that's a very important thing, very specifically right now. And nose breathing and humming together for 20 minutes can increase the production of nitric oxide 15 times. That's amazing. That is a very amazing. Humming, like like humming, like, mm, like humming a tune or just making the humming sound? Yeah, any kind of humming you want to do and making sure that, uh, you know, you want to hum a tune, you want to hum happy birthday, you want to hum anything for 20 minutes. And then as soon as you finish that particular phrase of your humming, you quiet yourself, close your mouth, take a breath through your nose, refresh your breathing, and then start the humming again. 
and do that for 20 minutes. Wait, so you're saying hum a little bit, hum a little while, close your mouth, breathe through your nose and start humming again for the total of 20 minutes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you can't breathe, you can't hum for 20 minutes without taking a breath. You're oh, I see, what you're, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. At the okay. end of the mm -hmm. phrase of the humming. Mm -hmm. But you have to be careful. It's, it's, it's very easy for people to hum and then just, you know, take a breath back through their mouth. Mm -hmm. And so you really don't want to do that. You want to avoid any mouth breathing whatsoever. And so you don't want to accentuate your mouth breathing while you're humming. So talk more about nose breathing and what you mean by breathing just through your nose a lot of people well, aren't even aware when they're when they're breathing through their mouths yes and that's a really so we can start there that's really a good thing to do to make a list for yourself number it one to ten as uh, when i noticed i used my mouth for breathing and that'll start to tune you into the habits of when you possibly use your mouth for breathing so for me for instance um some of the common places are taking a shower eating inhaling through your mouth after you finish speaking or in the middle of a phrase um sleeping. taking a walk exercise sleeping exercising and you know for me two of my two of the habits that showed up for me right away was one was what really just funny to me was that i would drive fine with nose breathing and then i'd go to open the door of my car to get out and i would mouth breathe and i thought hmm. what is that about but it was a habit i don't know why it was it was a change in my activity level or whatever it was, and I began to do that. So I stopped doing that, of course. The other one is when I went to the mailbox, I mouth breathe. And that happens to be a common one for, for some people. Um, and, you know, there's some anticipation of going to the mailbox, the unknown, what's in it. So you feel a little anxious, so you open your mouth to breathe, which, of course, reinforces um, your anxiety. Mouth breathing um activates the nervous system in a way that it makes it start to feel like you're anxious and it brings your um, your breathing up into your chest and not into from your diaphragm anymore. And that is also another signal to the body that something is a threat in the environment. So you start to feel anxious. So mouth breathing can really trigger anxiety. Um, so we have to really be careful about how we um, use our, you don't use our mouth for breathing because we don't want to reinforce the anxiety. And especially now with the, the virus, we're all very anxious. And so there is a threat in the environment. And uh, the natural response when there's a threat, especially if somebody's chasing you, is to open your mouth to breathe so you can get more air quicker. But this is a this is a threat that is both existential, but also um, deserves some precaution because you're not going to run and you're not going to fight, which would be the normal response to an immediate threat for your life and this is an immediate threat but you're sitting in place and staying uh, at home or out and when you're taking a walk so you need to keep your mouth closed so you don't trigger more of that anxiety that's already there yeah i know lots of people are feeling very anxious mm -hmm. and the other things that you asked me this question and let me finish it the other things that are somewhat common knowledge is that the nose filters um, the air, it filters very, very small particles down to five microns, and the hair is 50 microns, so you can see they're very small. And that's, that is, that's some of the things that are in our air pollution. And we don't want those um, particles in our lungs because that is what compromises the lungs. Air pollution compromises the lungs. You don't have to be sick with a cold or a virus to have compromised lungs. Air pollution itself will compromise it so that nose has a chance to filter it it also humidifies the air, and it also 
uh, creates the right temperature uh, for the lungs to receive the air when it passes through the nose and goes through the sinuses, which is warmed and cooled by the blood. So, and the one of the other fourth, the most important thing, is the nose also produces antibacterial molecules. So, any bacteria that may enter or float around in the air, if it enters the lungs, it has a chance to be killed by the nose. If it goes into the lungs directly, then um, you you can get that bacterial infection. Wow. So, uh, so what an elegant design we humans have, right? Yes. When, when we use it properly. Yes, the way I think about it and the way I've named it is that the nose is the guardian of the lungs. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my phrase for it. And uh, we absolutely need to guard our lungs right now. The coronavirus is affecting the lungs. Right. It, you know, it's, supposedly, and I'm not quite clear how this is working, but they talk about that it sits in the back of the nose and the back of the throat for a couple of days and then moves to the lungs. But if you are breathing through your mouth, it, you know, it can, it can lodge in the back of the throat, but it has a more direct passageway to the lungs. Mm-hmm. So, um, my, you know, my, my, my advice of course is just to keep nose breathing, be more conscious about it. So if there's actually physiological effects happening that the nose is going to take on to help fight the virus, at least you have a chance. If you don't nose breathe, then there's no chance for that physiology to uh, get activated and protect you. Mm-hmm. And so again, when you say nose breathe, is it simply to close your mouth? And every time you become aware of your breath, to close your mouth so that you're breathing in and out through your nose? That's right. You're breathing in and out through your nose all the time. Mm-hmm. So the two, the, two, the two things we say in the Bateco um, classes and practitioners say is you breathe through your mouth as often as you eat through your nose. It's a silly little statement, but it's, a, you know, it's meant to remind you that mouth is for eating and the nose is for breathing. And the second one is to pace your activity levels so that you can use your nose for breathing through the whole activity level. Oftentimes we begin to move too fast in this uh, hectic world, and so to keep up with our our movement, we have to breathe faster, and so we use our mouth for breathing. But if you use your, if you feel the nice rhythm of a natural rhythm of your own nose breathing, and keep and move in your daily life so that that natural rhythm stays with you, you will move much slower and feel less hectic. Which is a really good thing. So you're saying that uh, while I'm exercising, breathing in and out through my nose, while I'm uh, running around after my kids while I'm, you know, rushing, you know, doing things in the house, scrambling around. It's just breathing through my nose. That's right. That's right. Just breathing. Like I have worked with, I mean, the Bateco method was originally used for asthma when uh, Dr. Bateco from Russia designed this uh, process. It's now being used for anxiety and other, and sleep apnea and, and other things. But, um, and what I was going to say about asthmatics, my clientele, I've had some clientele, you know, they breathe like two to three times faster than normal asthmatics do when they're, when they're severe or moderate. Mm-hmm. And um, when I've taught them, they have taped their mouths uh, and walk around throughout the whole day with their mouths taped closed so they constantly just breathe through their nose so they don't activate their asthma. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as that, but it's one of the things, it's one of the precautions. So yes, I do say walk around 
making sure you're conscious of using being consciously breathing through your nose. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, let's say that I do get symptoms of whether it's coronavirus or some other respiratory illness or that, uh, that I become uh, short of breath or tight in my breath because of uh, anxiety. Um, how do you work with making more room for the breath? Well, um, let me say I worked, worked with a couple of people who had the virus who felt like their chests have been so tight and like, what did she describe it as needles puncturing their chest? Mm. And there are more, there's more of the lung in the back of the body than there is in the front of the body. They go down further towards our pelvis in the back. So this woman, you know, became conscious of um, breathing into her back more than into her front. And that created more room for her. And the interesting thing about breath and awareness, or our attention, is where we place our awareness in our body, our breath will follow. So just thinking about your back body and, you know, the back of your ribs and bringing those in back ribs into your awareness and then breathing with that awareness at the same time, you'll notice movement back there. And when that's, when you notice that movement, that's an indication that some of the lungs in the back of your body are being more effective in bringing in air. And so I think you're probably trying that now. So breath follows awareness. So wherever you feel like you are, you know, away from the place that you are currently feeling tension, see if you can find a place specifically in the back of the lungs to open it up. And, and another one to use, and I know you want me to do this, and the other one to do is to think, and this is a really good one, this is m probably the most effective and popular and satisfying exercise that I teach people, and that is to think the syllable sa, S-A, so when you think something, you actually hear it. So you think the syllable sa when you're inhaling, and you think the syllable sa when you're exhaling. Wait, and say what that again. Report is say that again. Think, yeah, I'm doing that. You think the syllable sa, S-A, as you inhale, and you think the syllable ha as you exhale. Mm-hmm. And what people report is it slows the breathing rate down. It makes it feel like the side ribs are moving more. There's less restriction in the nose and the throat, or let's say in the airways and the throat. The lungs are more open to receive the air when that's happening. And the way I like to say it is the body is breathing you rather than you breathing the body. Your lungs are drawing the air in. So I don't haven't had COVID, and I don't know whether this will work for them. But my understanding and feeling for it, and the way I teach it, is when there's less resistance, the lungs have an easier time. Mm -hmm. So if the lungs are already having a time breathe, having a hard time breathing, to create an atmosphere and a style of breathing that creates less resistance may be beneficial for people who are really feeling like they're constricted in their breathing from COVID. Yeah, very helpful. And as well as mm -hmm. people uh, finding more relaxation in their breath in general during this time of uncertainty. Yes, the, the, what's becoming popularized in the culture is extending the exhale. And so when you're breathing out with the word, with the syllable sa in your thoughts, you really want to feel into how long can I let my breath 
exhale until it feel, really feels complete. A lot of people have a habit of grabbing for air before their exhale is completed. And so you want to get used to letting that exhale finish, feeling your body sort of relax and soften onto whatever you're sitting on that you feel like you're being supported. And so that when your breathing comes, when your inhale comes next, you really have completed your exhale. And that's a good thing for relaxation because the heart slows down during the exhale. The beating of the heart gets slower during the exhale, so your heart is also resting. And so that when you breathe in, the heart speeds up, but then it has a chance to rest during the exhale. So it creates an overall condition of a little bit more relaxation if you extend the exhale. Not purposely, not to force it, but just to allow it to complete itself. Yeah, there's a big difference between allowing the breath and forcing the breath. That's right. We don't want to be doing any forcing of the breath at this particular time, especially. You want to set up conditions where the breath is allowed to do what it needs to do. And that's what Saha does. Because the lungs are in charge. And when the lungs are in charge, your mental idea about it is out of the way. And you're also not judging and trying to think, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Just let the lungs take over and do the work for you. Right, because a lot of people, when they become aware of their a lot of people are not aware of their breathing, right? And when they become aware of their right. breathing, they think, oh, I'm not breathing right, and I have to do this, or I have to do that. Right. And as soon as you put the right or wrong on it, it's going to contract and be more difficult to breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people do say that they say, every time I think about, am I breathing right, I, just, I get crazy. Yeah, you can't know whether you're breathing right. The lungs are the ones that are in charge of the breathing. Let them be in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Especially yes. now. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. So any other exercises, any other um, practices you'd like to share with us that could be helpful at this time? Well, I think, though, you know, I think what I do think about all of this uh, is that this is not a one-time fix. That the inquiry into breathing and to allowing your breathing to work on its own, like I say, the lungs doing the breathing, let yourself relax. You begin to learn for yourself how best to take care of yourself with your breathing over time. So I suggest that people do this for at least five minutes every hour so they get used to having a time where they go, wow, that was really good for me. And I can really um, settle down. And so they begin to get a distinction between when I feel relaxed and when I don't. And if I feel like I'm not relaxed and it doesn't serve me to be so anxious right now, I have the skill to slow it down and change it. So taking one simple exercise like I just described along with the humming and just practicing that five minutes every hour for 12 times a day will help you to sort of learn more and become more conscious about your breathing. And your breathing is sort of going to educate you. That's what it's done for me. It's like, wow, I didn't realize, didn't realize this and I didn't realize that. And when I start realizing it, then I start behaving differently. I change my behaviors. And sometimes it brings up feelings that you didn't know you had. So when, you're, when the breathing is um, feeding you and your emotional body, um, you start to also process a little bit more and have your feelings. And when you can have feelings that maybe have been hidden or suppressed when they come to the surface and they are expressed, then your body has a little less tension and breathing becomes a little easier. So it's a practice that one needs to take on to learn more about and become more conscious of the breathing and familiar with it and know its behavior. Your breathing and your body's response to your breathing is a very intimate relationship. 
Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're practicing a level of intimacy with yourself that will serve you in the long run. Yeah. And in the work that's of... That's what I recommend. That's beautiful recommendation. And in the work that both you and I teach, the work of Continuum, uh, the focus so much is on being self-referential, being able to mm-hmm. uh, reference the self and be your primary resource. And right now, especially at this time when doctors are not available and so much of what we might rely on for our health is not really available to us, we need to become even more reliant on not just ourselves and like, oh, it's up to me, but in this elegant design of our bodies. Yeah, and let our body intelligence guide us instead of our just our thoughts about it. See, especially in time with COVID right now, I think if you're practicing breathing and you really, you know, you get a sense of relaxation or you get a sense of, you know, becoming intimate, learning about it, having it be one of your practices, if it should go off and you develop symptoms, you'll be clearer that, my God, something's really changed here and I'm not doing really well. And so, you know, that would happen even if you didn't know that about breathing, but you'd have a little bit more information and a little bit more self-referential, as you say, to be a little calmer, calmer about it and say, wow, I'm in trouble. I need to take care of myself and not be at this sort of a, a question about am I okay, am I not okay. Being more in touch with you, you'll know if it changes for the worse. Yeah. And the idea of developing a practice you know, and a practicing mm-hmm. and developing a practice when uh, you don't vitally need it, right? That's when, that's when you start developing the practice. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you really want to, um, you know, lay in, lay in some very good groundwork. It's like people who are meditating and have been meditating for, you know, 20 or 30 years, you know, they're trying to give skills to people right now too because it's helping them stay calm in this time of great turmoil. Right. And so, uh, and the breath is very much a a centerpiece of meditation, you know, calming the breath, attending the breath is a very, is a real centerpiece of meditation. And, and what you're talking about as well is attending the breath for the sake of the breath. Right. For the sake of the well-being of the breath and really learning what it means to follow the breath, having experience of that. Mm Mm-hmm like, you know, into gravity and into feeling more buoyant when you breathe in. And here's another exercise. This is called a mini pause. So after you've coughed or sneezed, if you can gather yourself, you breathe in, breathe out, and then you hold for three to five seconds. You suspend the breathing at the end of your exhale for three to five seconds. And then you breathe again. It helps return your breathing down to your um, to the lower part of your lungs rather than breathing up in your chest after you've coughed or sneezed or yawned or sighed. And um, one of the things we recommend in Bateco is to do 100 of those in an hour if you're starting to feel sick. And if you're really starting to feel really sick, do 100 of them in an hour three times a day. And what you're doing there is you're increasing your carbon dioxide levels. And carbon dioxide is not a waste gas. It is actually a very important part of our uh, respiratory system that helps deliver the oxygen to the cells to help keep the cells healthy and producing energy. When we overbreathe and take deep breaths and blow out from our mouths, we reduce our carbon dioxide levels and that slows the distribution of oxygen. 
and the, I always tell this story because people really can relate to this. If somebody is going to is hyperventilating and is about to faint, and somebody breathes in the paper bag and then they stop their fainting, that they breathe into the paper bag, that's because they're breathing back their own carbon dioxide, which is helping release the oxygen that has been missing because they've been over breathing and their brain doesn't have enough oxygen. So that mini pause is a way to kind of reestablish some balance of carbon dioxide to help the oxygen distribution when you're sick. You need as much oxygen to your cells when you're not feeling well to keep your immune system um, operating properly and your whole body operating properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's a mini pause. Breathe in, breathe out, hold for three to five seconds. Do it a hundred times in an hour if you're not feeling well. And do it three times a day if you're really not feeling well. Wonderful resource. Wonderful resource. So you know, are wanna, you, yeah, go on. You know, I just want to say this. We want to look at the, uh, this is a little bit of my take on the virus right now. I know it's just absolutely tragic. There's no question about it. But one of the things that we're seeing is we're seeing that the air in very polluted parts of the world is getting cleaner. Yes. Um, 91% of the population of the world before the virus did not have clean air to breathe. That population, that, that amount is decreasing. We can see images over China where there's no more air pollution over China when the factories were closed. So it is showing us that the air can be cleaned if we put our minds to it. Yes, and how necessary that is because a lot of, yes, it is. A, a lot of compromise to our lungs is happening from the air pollution that we're living in every day. Right, and there are a lot of articles being written that the people who have suffering most from air pollution are the ones that are most compromised. As we can see, but where it started in China was one of the most polluted cities in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is an opportunity for us to uh, clean up our pollution. Look, I know that just even in my neighborhood, the birds are so happy and they're singing and the <laughs> air is so much clearer and uh, there's a lot more to notice. It's a lot. Yeah, I go to the beach every day with my dog and I'm so the other day I was walking on a bit. What's going on here? Things seem really different. Go, oh my God! Look how clean the water is. Yeah. Oh my God! There's nothing. There's nothing washing up on the beach. Yeah. No plastic. No. No boat parts. <laughs> I was really taken back by it. just in my little local area here. I can see the difference right away. Right. So this is a pause. This is a different kind of pause. That's that uh, that we're taking here in the breathing of uh, of our lives. Right. Of the respiration mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My fears will go back to the old ways. And, you know, I think I'm really, I'm, it's a political statement, but the fact that we, that uh, the government has reduced all pollution standards in the United States uh, for the future, because during this virus time, uh, is going to be very de 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 detrimental if um, they're not put back in place. That's right. That's right. That's right. It seems so counter to what we're, what we're actually um, given the opportunity to learn about uh, taking care of uh, each other and the planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you are teaching classes, you are teaching webinars, you are uh, elaborating on this information and making it available to people. So can you please tell us uh, how people can find you and work with you and learn more about how to uh, protect their breathing? Sure. I'm doing about two classes a week, an hour and a half each uh, on, uh, on Zoom, um, usually at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday and Sunday mornings. My website, The Breathable Body, is a place that you can contact me and tell me that you're interested in taking one of these classes. 
um, and then I'll send you a invitation. Um, so that's how I'm, that's how I'm doing it. I'm sending it out to my mailing list. So I'll add you to my mailing list. I do have some breathing tips and other um, classes that I've given so far that are uh, up on YouTube at the breathable body um, YouTube page. There's some lectures there and some breathing tips there. And also on the breathable body um, Facebook page are uh, breathing tips and videos and also uh, previous recordings. And I am doing one on Sunday, uh, Saturday at one o'clock on the breathable body Facebook page. I'm doing a live seminar at one o'clock on this Saturday, April 4th, but this podcast might not be ready by then, but the breathable body, uh, com is the best way to get in touch with me. That's fantastic. Robert, you are such a valuable resource and such a helpful resource to so many people. And I've learned so much just from this conversation. And I know that our listeners have as well. So thank you so much. And, um, you're welcome. May we all be, uh, be safe and uh, thrive. Yes. All stay healthy and breathe well. As Dr. Robert Fried said, breathe well, be well. Indeed. Indeed. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change. If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.